2: We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
3: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
4: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget?
5: From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed, and this particular episode is the Clone Wars Report. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes we get music. Sometimes we get the laughter of a little golem-like snake.
1: (laughs) Oh, Morley, you're at your tricks again. (laughs)
5: Oh, Morley, I feel like there should have almost been, if it was 1985, Morley would have got his own spin-off Saturday morning cartoon
1: uh yes the tales of morley
5: the tales of morley and there's even a pun there that's yes. great uh, ah, the tales of morley or morley's tale i hate when i accidentally pun oh the taste in <laughs> my mouth is horrible oh. uh i hate it as well i'm i'm sorry i pointed it out we're gonna move on we're gonna talk a lot about morley the depth of that character the absurdity and the fun in uh some pretty dark episodes we are finally here we are at the end of of Season 4 of The Clone Wars, The Return of Maul. In particular, we are talking about these episodes. Season 4, Episode 21, Brothers, written by Katie Lucas and directed by Bosco Eng. Season 4, Episode 22, Revenge, written by Katie Lucas and directed by Brian Kalen O'Connell. Now, Ken, uh, Mm. I have seen differing opinions online Mm. about whether the two Asajj Ventress episodes that we just watched are their own story. And then these two episodes are their own story or if they're all really kind of one story that encompasses the, uh, the tragedy of the night sisters, the night brothers, Asage's journey, uh, it's, you know, kind of semantics at a certain point, but how do you feel about the relationship between the two episodes we talked about last time in these two episodes?
1: I really do consider them, um, four separate parts of one story. I absolutely do. Or, or four connected parts at times, um, yeah, I really do. Uh, I I understand why, and they're and they're broken up, so you just kind of naturally kind of might might separate them in your mind. But it just works with with ventures coming back at the end. And there's a little they're, they're definitely in um, chronological order, but there's a little bit of a, well, wait a minute, okay, with well, Talzin's a ghost, but not a ghost. She's alive, dead. What is she? Uh, you know, now you know. Ventress is hanging out back at Shalman's She Like I have some of those silly little questions, but they don't matter. And I think at the end of the day, they're, it's a connected story, and 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 it's a cheap maybe an answer. But I was watching the featurette, and it's and and Katie Lucas, Floney, Whitworth, and James Arnold Taylor, and they're all talking about these four episodes, and it just worked. Hearing them talk about it as one arc maybe settled that debate for myself.
5: Yeah, yeah, I'm so happy that we broke them up in terms of talking yeah. about them because while well, there are these like big ideas, I feel like. The first two episodes um, are so much about Asage, right? Yep. And Asajj is definitely present. She definitely informs everything that's going on in these episodes. But these episodes are are feel feel very different than those mm-hmm. Asage episodes to me in terms of tone and the just utter mall focus, you know?
1: Yeah, it, it's it's a double album. And the first side is uh, acoustic and the second side is uh, all rock, all electric guitar. <laughs> you know, it's the same band, <laughs> different albums for sure.
5: Well, feel free to share any insights uh, from that feature as we go because I looked for it, but I didn't find it in the normal page, so I must have uh, googled it,
1: poorly. Uh, it's it was a it was a deep YouTube search, like it was the tenth thing that popped up if you were ty- type in the return of Mall. So you you're you're not alone in that. It took me a while.
5: Okay, excellent, excellent. Well, feel free to share the insights as we launch into this. Uh, are you ready for the summary? Yes, sir. Dread. Across the galaxy, force sensitive beings sense a darkness rising. Count Dooku, Anakin Skywalker, Saj Ventress, and Yoda all sense something from the past reawakening. Little do they know, the Night Sister leader, Mother Talzin, who recently survived a near extinction of her people, has tasked Dathomirian Night Brother Savage Opress with finding his long lost brother, the former Sith apprentice Darth Maul. Armed with a magic amulet and lots of anger, Savage terrorizes a small diner on the remote planet of Stobar. The diner is named Plop Dribble. (laughs) This is also terrifying. The amulet glows in reaction to dust on a freighter's cargo. Savage boards the freighter and forces the captain to take him to the planet of the dust. Savage arrives at the trash planet Lotho Minor. There he is offered guidance by an anaconda named Morley. To be very clear, Morley is a large talking snake guy. After brief attacks by junkers and acid rain, Morley betrays Savage dumping him into a deep, dark lair as food for his master. Savage is attacked by a mad, freakish beast. The beast is actually Darth Maul, his severed lower body replaced with a janky collection of robotic spider legs, his horns long and his mind shattered. Maul speaks in broken bits of Sith code and half-remembered conversations with his old master Darth Sidious. The only thing that brings clarity and focus to Maul is his hatred of Obi-Wan Kenobi and need for vengeance. Savage returns the wounded Maul to Dathomir, where Mother Talzin uses her magics to restore Maul's mind and fashion him a new pair of robotic legs that resemble a goat's or a satyr's. Maul reveals it was his singular hatred for Kenobi that indeed helped keep him alive. He and Savage depart to the world Raidonia where Maul slaughters innocents and sends a mocking hollow to the Jedi Council daring Obi-Wan to stop him. Kenobi is convinced it's his responsibility to stop his old enemy. Mace Windu is concerned that Obi-Wan should not go alone, but Yoda senses an ally will come to Obi-Wan's aid. Arriving on Raidonia, Obi-Wan is quickly captured by Maul and the surprise presence of Savage. The two dark Side Knight brothers torture Obi-Wan in the cargo hold as the freighter takes off. But meanwhile, Asajj Ventress, in her new chosen life as a bounty hunter, has come across a one million credit bounty for Savage. She pursues him to Raidonia, boards the freighter just as it takes off, and awakens an injured Kenobi. The two old combatants then trade compliments, insults, and lightsabers, but they form a definite united front, against their mutual, mutual foes of Maul and Savage. A brutal battle ensues. Maul mocks Obi-Wan's helplessness on Naboo as he watched Maul murder Qui-Gon Jinn. Obi-Wan lashes out and Maul taunts Kenobi that his fury has unbalanced the Jedi. Realizing they are not ready for this fight, Kenobi and Savage work together to escape into the freighter's cockpit and launch away from the cargo hold. Maul and Savage are left drifting in space. Savage expresses concern that the Jedi will hunt them. Maul smiles. He's counting on it. And that mm. is our wrap-up of what yeah. this episode's all about. You know, no. we'll discuss it more. That's
1: our summary. <laughs> no, great summary. And I was even making a note. Uh, listen to your summary, uh, you highlighted uh, a little um, sub-theme that, uh, that was kind of present. I was um, looking to, to focus on too so great stuff uh dread i always always think what is the word that joseph's going to use to lead into the <laughs> summary Dread is great. <laughs> what's the one word that the narrator gets to shout at the yeah. very beginning
5: of the summary that is a fun discussion but uh yeah. man i was really affected by the dread and the choice to spend that much time on it and i haven't mm-hmm. watched these episodes in a while so it's like you to remember who all pops up again or is this really just like a uh a, a tour of the galaxy of people going man bleep's not right <laughs>
1: <laughs> bleep's not right is definitely a way to look at this
5: yeah that's the vibe that's the vibe so what is your overall reaction to uh these two episodes do you love them like them struggle with them where are you
1: at uh, dump all those into this bucket dump all of them Ooh. in and uh, it ends as always it ends in a pretty good story doesn't it for, for me as a fan. Um, this begins absolutely. And I know we've, you know, Maul's been mentioned before. In fact, I'm so excited to, you know, uh, for you because uh, <laughs> in your life, these were finally the episodes you were, you were waiting to get to, you know, they finally yeah. uh, but this begins one of my favorite things in Star Wars, turning this wild idea of bringing Maul back. And I know some things, some concepts, art and EU stuff have been out there, but in canon, bringing him back and, and turning it into some of the most compelling long game storytelling in the saga, right? It, it, it just, the Maul, Kenobi 20 plus years it's, it's it's 30 really um it's amazing storytelling and it all begins with this wild crazy episode i i don't believe uh, it should have worked i just don't but it did um <laughs> but you mentioned it i i have to admit i think block not like a negative way but just it just just plain didn't remember every detail from these episodes like you know like i was saying earlier like a thousand sort of sort of she's sort of alive she sort of lived sort of a ghost uh maul and kenobi actually strike blades like i forgot that that happened pretty early on uh there's a talking snake i I just know no memory of that like morley pops up because that's right uh so i have a little because of all that I, i i have a little bit of struggle with these episodes in the sense that i sometimes initially reject the weird in star wars even though weird is so part of star wars so particularly this first episode um but what I end up loving about them and I end up loving about uh, uh, taking this deep dive, Joseph, is that they're so over the top and they're so weird and dark and bizarre that it reminds me that Star Wars is a fantasy and a myth. I, and I can't ignore that. Right. I, I yeah. love I love the detail. I love the war. I love all that kind of stuff. But you can't watch these episodes, especially knowing how great the mall story becomes and worry about cellular questions of how or what. Those are questions we ask. And uh, again, uh, you know, Tal's alive. I uh, find I'll ask that a few times. It doesn't matter. The only thing is important is the why. And there's so much just why bursting out of the weird seams that these episodes uh, are, are built on. Yeah, I love what
5: you're saying. Um, yeah, for the, the Talzin thing for myself, I think it really goes into what you're saying. I just kind of it that one of her abilities is to sort of just blend into the, you know, fabric yeah. of Dathomir. And that she can take physical form or she can kind of just be like, I am, I am one with the luminous entity that is Dathomir and I, I, you know, uh, I'm a green glowing mist and then
1: I reform, you know. I, I'm I'm really agree with you on that. It and it's intriguing. I, you know there should be a whole study on Talzin. We'll do that later on. For some. <laughs> I can't wait for the book, the
5: physics of Mother Talzin. I think yeah. that's going to be uh, really great. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, th- these episodes are utterly fascinating to me. I've said many times on uh, recent episodes of Clone Wars that I enjoyed all of season 4 the first time I watched it, but I was just so speed watching it because there's that teaser where Mother and gives Savage new purpose of like, but your brother's still alive, go find him. And I'm like, oh, wow, I bet that's next episode. <laughs> yes. Like, no. Uh, so I enjoyed all these episodes, but it was really speeding to get to here. And then these episodes are fascinating because even once you get here, you get some answers. Uh, but, and you get that initial crossing blades of Maul and Kenobi, but like the full impact of what it's going to mean for the galaxy that he's back, what it's going to mean for Kenobi's soul that he's back that doesn't happen yet so even in that my first viewing i was like i got here i got to this sort of a uh, you know next level that i wanted to be at and yeah. then i was like oh this one then told me to go to the next level <laughs> yeah. it's like my mall is not in this castle like uh, he is but that that story the impact of his return isn't quite there yet
1: no not at all not at all yeah. and it's it's wild it's weird and and again like Neil deGrasse Tyson's his head probably explodes if he watches these episodes like there's too many like how did he did it it's like no the answer is hate the answer is this the answer is that and 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 this story's trying to tell you that those kind of things and teach those kind of lessons and and that's where you need to engage these episodes on
5: yeah and I think that of that's just so important of like Star Wars has a lot of different uh tools in its in narrative uh, collection it, is many different uh stories do but but star wars i think because of its influences will sometimes have uh moments or episodes like this that are just uh, so much of the storytelling is almost in just sheer mood and aesthetic right mm-hmm. like these are these episodes are just so much about the emotion of something dark and twisted is returning and there's a great sadness to these episodes yeah. and it's just all about these this uh, foreboding mood and aesthetic and we'll I'll talk some more about it because I, I almost consider it a theme just kind of like all of the imagery and how it signifies uh, rot and decay and sadness and, and uh, stereotypical Uh, in our culture uh, signifiers of evil and all that and that's just so uh, a huge part of the storytelling Mm. uh, you know and that includes all of the players of the galaxy going like wow something's really not right you know Uh, that so much of the story is just uh, what is the impact of that of that that feeling that everything is out of balance and getting worse you know
1: yeah yeah, something wicked this way comes. Even even beginning with kind of Dooku and Grievous experiencing, too. I, I think I only miss Palpatine. I, I would have, you know, taken him sipping his tea going, what? Uh, yeah. But other than that, yeah, you're right. It's, it's like a roll call of everyone
5: going, uh-oh. And, and it's about Maul and Savage, right? Because yeah. Dooku is concerned about Savage. And, yep. and Anakin's, it's familiar, uh, I think. Is, it probably means Savage since he actually crossed sabers with him. But it could also mean Maul. It, it's about, you know both of them yeah. and it, so I think it's really in with Asajj it's she's literally talking about I thought it was my past you know it really is this uh, great Star Wars idea of the shadow of the past of you know things that have happened before will maybe happen again or your choices mm-hmm. are going to come back on you that mood to me is really established by all that uh, you mm-hmm. know uh force for sensitive people sense and stuff
1: yeah yeah all wrapped up with a talking snake
5: Yeah. Yeah. So a couple other big picture thoughts for me. I like how much this whole episode is just feels to me. This arc, uh, like an exploration of the, the pain of the dark side, uh, we'll get into it more of just, we're spending a lot of time of seeing people utterly, uh, broken and tortured by being abandoned, being afraid that they're going to be abandoned, being in cycles of vengeance. And, and these are yet more episodes where the aesthetics are kind of like cool, I don't think you'd watch this episode and go, it would be great to be Savage. <laughs> like, <laughs> no. I want to be Maul. That's cool. Like, it feels like episodes that are trying to paint a portrait of, like, this is hell mm-hmm. to mm. be at one with the dark side. Um, yeah, hell, and then to your all of it, yeah. Yeah, and then to, to your point, uh, you know, I think these episodes, you know, connect to so many Star Wars conversations we have because they are crystal clear on the why of Maul's Return Right. Yeah. He wants vengeance. He survived on hate. Uh, all he cares about. Uh, he's lost his purpose and all he cares about is killing Kenobi. So like the storytelling value of that, the why of that is very clear And these episodes. Do not give a damn about the details of how. Right.
1: Mm hmm. No, no. In fact, I wish someone at some point said somehow Maul has returned. I, I really wish that. So you could just kind of look to the camera and go, uh-huh. See, it's, it's just think.
5: Yeah. I mean, I, we can certainly talk about it in depth, but that that comparison is just uh, it's hard not to watch these episodes with all the conversations that we've been having about uh, Palpatine's return and that line uh, in mind.
4: Mm-hmm,
5: mm-hmm. And there are more canon details about the exact how of uh, how Maul returned. Um, so I did look those up and we can talk about those in the in the canon section. Absolutely. Uh, Final thing for me is I feel like season four of the Clone Wars, it's so great to watch it this way. It's so clear that there are all these hints and discussions in earlier seasons of the Jedi going, wow, we're really trying to wrap up this war fast. It seems to be spiraling out of control. And season four is just like, yeah, it's really out of our control. And there's just darkness everywhere. Pong Krell is turning. You know, slavers are coming out of the uh, woodwork. You know, it's a very, very dark season. You know, the one bright bit of kind of hope being a, a 3PO and R2 having a little adventure where they accidentally murder people. Right. <laughs> uh, that's, yeah. the, that's the bright shining moment of season four. <laughs> the accidental
1: murder. <laughs> Uh, Yeah, yeah, Uh, maybe at the end We can talk even a little bit more about season four if you want But like, uh, wrapping up season four You know, I was coming into this season Going, here we go, the Rift-Hampson season Let me me see where I stand with this stuff And it's just, that's such a small part Of this really... could you almost call it like a a midpoint of the overall kind of Clone Wars era of just uh, we got an intersection of of things uh, successes turning to failures and things starting to slip and and the darkness is just prevalent all the way through and and uh, it's not sunny from here on out. Yeah, it just feels like the the rot
5: has really set in. Like Yoda knows this is coming. You know when he says yep. the shroud of the dark side has fallen. Like well now everybody's feeling it in their bones. You know. Yep. yep. Yeah. Awesome. So let's talk about the morals of these two episodes. The first one is a fallen enemy may rise again, but the reconciled one is truly vanquished. And the other moral is the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Uh, what do you
1: think about these two morals? Oh, the enemy of my enemy is my friend just makes me think of uh, working in, in the YouTube space. Uh, <laughs> it's, just how it's not a great thing. Um, But that struck me as that I I was really intrigued and uh, what I love, I love when sometimes the Clone Wars morals are just like, here it is. Other times you're like, hey, here it is, but find different ways to connect to it and and maybe what you uh, pull out of it. And I have a a fallen enemy may rise again, but a reconciled one is truly vanquished is just, just. It hits me in a level of like uh, true solutions and how do you do it and and how much uh, is Obi Wan responsible for Maul uh, and what could he have done different and I don't know you know what he could have done different on Naboo to start to sell off and it just, I just I was really drawn to that one. It is it is because um, we're going to talk we're going to talk about the repeating cycles. You, you kind of already mentioned them too, and, and Star Wars does a lot of that uh, to, to teach a lesson. And it's like, how do you truly? get rid of vanquished could be could, there's could be some violent connotation to that but just how do you truly reconcile uh with with someone across the table from you and, and this episode these episodes really start to deal with that so I was drawn to that one
5: yeah, me too. The enemy of my enemy is my friend is, is, you know, an intriguing truth uh, across a lot of different human interactions from the yeah. micro and the macro and is yeah. very explicitly like, yes, that's what happens with uh, Asajj and Kenobi, arguably, in that second episode. Mm-hmm. But the a fallen enemy may rise again, but the reconciled one is truly vanquished. Like, that is like. That feels less about the moral of that particular episode of the Clone Wars, but like what the whole storytelling arc of Maul is going to be about. That feels like the moral of, you know, uh, the Twin sons episodes of Rebels, you know.
1: That's a that's a great pull and a great connection. Uh, I I really uh, like that. I agree with that one a lot. It's it's uh, did did they have that entire story planned out? You know, Rebels wasn't it wasn't a thought in anyone's mind at this point. I know. But uh yeah to see like hey if we're gonna do this this is what we need to do that's interesting to me yeah and I think for
5: me it what it goes to in this particular episode in this arc is uh, this idea of yeah violence feels like a solution but you know if you just strike someone down in anger and hate they'll kind of always be with you maybe they'll even physically return uh they'll be vanquished when you you know the demons of your past will be vanquished when you turn around and, and reconcile with them for yourself and like hmm. Hey, Maul might still be trying to cut off your head, Kenobi. But if you're at peace with exactly who he is, why he exists, your relationship with him, then he's vanquished for mm-hmm. you. And I think the same for like Asajj and, and Savage don't get as much time. But I feel like that is what's going on with her as well of like, I'm going to put my past to bed. I'm going to turn around and face it.
1: Yeah. And she does it with a a little bit more of a place of strength, right? Because of, of the growth she just went through in the previous uh, two episodes with her. She's in a good spot to do that, finally. Yeah, exactly,
5: exactly. So let's uh, get into those big ideas. For you, what were the themes or what ideas were at stake in these two episodes?
1: Yeah, we'll start here. The the destructive power of, of hate. We we know, we say often, the light side builds, dark side destroys. And from there, you know, I, I just thought of how none of this, none of this is healing. It's none of it is is surviving. This mall literally, literally held to go, together by hate. Those spider legs... There's some floating pieces around it. You can go into some of the stories of the design. And and, um, this is one of the things from those featurette. Filoni was like, we wanted actually to, we couldn't afford to do what we wanted to do, which is the legs were floating. Like the Mm. hate, the the hate was literally keeping... Maul together and that's pretty you don't even need that to get that that point is pretty clear right um and from there Joseph I went to the twin sons as well what's (laughs) what is that point the conversation we love of 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 Maul just kind of look what look what you are this rat in the desert and Kenobi's line of look what I've risen above well now look where we find Maul and he never rises above this Never. never for the rest of his life rises above where he is This 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 avatar of hate uh literally barely surviving kept only um, alive by his vengeance and that just starts starts the big themes for me yeah absolutely i, I think that it,
5: the these episodes are so crystal clear about like the danger of vengeance and what an empty thing it is to live on mm-hmm. and that was a big idea for me of like okay well they're so clear about maul uh, his purpose is just vengeance, and that tracks through his his whole story, even though he's got different schemes, different successes and failures. He's got this charm, uh, but underneath it all, it's just this raging scream. Mm-hmm. And I thought the arc really dealt with this idea of what is your purpose? A lot of focus being on Maul surviving on vengeance, hatred for Kenobi literally keeping him alive, um, I, I, he's got a lot of quotes about it, but I think my favorite is just saying directly to Kenobi's face. You cannot imagine the depths I would go to, to stay alive fueled by my singular hatred of you. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> that is a hell of a thing for a sentient being to say to one another. If you yeah. are the reason I am alive because I hate you that much.
3: <laughs>
5: yeah, <laughs> It's a, it's a clear, it's a clear purpose statement, a clear mission statement. Um, You know, and I think the episode does uh, kind of talk around the edges about, maul's realization that that's that might have been the purpose that kept him alive but a part of what was also eating at him that he's not being totally honest about is that he has lost all of his other purpose Mm -hmm. his purpose was to part to be a part of this grand return of the sith and he was supposed to take the mantle at at some point and successfully become better than sidious and kill him right and Mm -hmm. now he's lost all that there's that great line when he's uh in the ship uh still on the spider legs still with a broken mind saying far far above what once was great is rendered small you know Mm -hmm. talking about himself he he talks about how the force is out of balance and (laughs) so i was like yeah we got these clone wars (laughs) yeah and i was like ah yes so it began without me Mm. so it's not only
1: that he has vengeance as his purpose it's that he's lost all other purpose right uh, absolutely love that. Uh, yeah, the, the Clone Wars pull is uh, love that line. Uh, we can talk about that too. But also, um, now that we get more of even the complete story of Maul folds out and other storytelling too, where you know the idea of why didn't the Jedi pick me? Even that yeah. purpose was taken away from him a long time ago. That's a, that's a great thing about him. Yeah, yeah. And when and when you just d- detach from what you feel is your purpose and what you backfill that purpose with is is where a lot of this danger lies. Yeah, exactly. And I think that gets um, reflected by the other
5: characters. So Savage Mm -hmm. is, you know, pulled from his community by Asajj and uh, Mother Talzin. He's given this extra power and he's given this purpose, this mission of killing Dooku. uh, But that falls apart. He feels betrayed uh, by Asajj. And he kind of goes broken back to Mother Talzin and she gives him new purpose. Mm -hmm. He's literally like, well, what am I for? And she's like, well, go find your brother. And he goes through all of this and, and, and sometimes it seems like it's just because he wants purpose. He doesn't seem that jazzed <laughs> when he finds his brother. He's like, I don't know. He just keeps talking about Kenobi. I don't know what his deal is. And like, <laughs> he
1: does say like,
5: he, he's really, I don't know. He just goes on and on about some buddy or some place named Kenobi. Like <laughs> in, after he goes through all of this, you know, he, he, he does rescue his brother. His brother gets restored. Mm. Uh, and, there's that beat at the end where he's like, well, why are you happy about them getting away? Why are you saying you can wait for your revenge? The Jedi are going to hunt us. And, you know, we can focus on Maul being like, good, that's, uh, that'll work out for me. But for poor Savage, like, he's kind of back to where he was. He's just being hunted by Jedi and in, in theory Dooku. And now he's got his brother with him. Yeah. But what is his purpose? What did he get? What meaning is he after?
1: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. Uh, in service and now in continued service uh, uh, and a tragic character indeed. And and there's a lot here with both these characters, uh, the, the, the lack of choices that they've had in their life.
5: Yeah, exactly. And then I think in contrast with that, uh, I think a big we don't spend as much time with Kenobi and Asajj, but they're sense of purpose is this great contrast to Maul being vengeance and Safaj just being like, somebody give me a task. <laughs> so I have identity Kenobi's purpose. He knows it. He has, uh, he made the choice. He has examined his Jedi beliefs and he, he stands by them. And his purpose is to defend that, you know, seeing the slaughter of innocence, like, yeah, it probably is a trap. I don't care. This is my purpose to defend yeah. people. But he does have that moment of weakness where he loses sight of that. Maul successfully baits him you know he seeks uh, vengeance and Maul you know says your rage is unbalanced to you that is not the Jedi way is it and then Kenobi's like whoops right I'm going to leave now that like uh, we're outmatched feels like Kenobi saying like yeah physically I'm I'm beaten up uh, all that but it also is like this is not the time I'm not in the place uh, to do this right
1: yeah I put I put this kind of down as uh, Maul versus Kenobi fueled by hate versus fueled by peace and and yeah. you know, he does feel rage and we've talked about to, to be angry is natural. He has a lot of reasons to be He's angry and phantom menace, but as uh, you you once pointed out so wonderfully, like he only gets that victory over Maul when he calms himself and and finds a little more peace in that moment on the boo right And, and yeah there- he looks at the bigger picture and like what, what what's all around me literally. Literally, including a saber I can use. And, and so to see that, and to, yeah, to have that moment. Well, I love that moment. It, it is uh, kind of, we always, uh, you know, uh, we love our Kenobi and the poster child for a lot of uh, right ways uh, in the Jedi Order. And he makes some mistakes, clearly. But I love that he pulls back. I love it. It's a powerful lesson. Fueled by yeah. hate, fueled by peace. Yeah. Instead
5: of going like, yeah, you're right. And like, he, I mean, he does, he lashes out and he gets, you know, uh, sort of defeated up to that point by Maul. But he he really is able to go like, yep, I, I crossed the line a little bit. I'm going to disengage. Mm-hmm. And I, I think for me, the final big thing about this uh, big idea of purpose is... This is where these episodes really connect to what we went through with Asajj right now, right? Of that. Asajj has kind of been through everything that Savage has, uh, not quite as horrific as Maul, but she's been rejected. She has lost everyone that she's ever uh, cared about. Uh, She went home to Dathomir and was welcomed by the Night Sisters for five minutes before her past brought this devastation, right? She's been through hell, but then we go through, her arc and and she is finding peace because she is finally making choices for herself she is choosing uh, a new purpose as a bounty hunter and she's going to be a bounty hunter on exactly her terms answering to no one right yeah so it seems, seems like she is this person with agency with a purpose that is absolutely her own it is not handed to her by anyone else and she makes that very clear choice of like I'm going to track Savage and there's nothing explicit in the episode about it to me, but I just kind of feel like it's not like 1 million credits. Great. Mm. It's like, I made that mess. I I literally made him. I literally tortured him. Mm. I'm going to go clean up this mess. Right. There's nothing about Asaj that feels like she is seeking vengeance. It feels like she is uh, like that first moral said, you know, reconciling uh, the enemy with the enemy to vanquish them. And Mm. you know, the fact that she, she could have, been like hey i'm here to take care of savage kenobi on the ground great Bzz, put <laughs> put a lightsaber through his heart and i uh, uh, racked up some easy vengeance the fact that she doesn't seek revenge on kenobi when she so easily could mm. it's like uh maul and savage are these picture pictures of of being trapped in the dark side cycle and asasha mm. so clearly escaped it
1: yep absolutely going back to what i said this is not healing it's not surviving on the other side you have some healing you have some surviving some true healing I love that we're saying that. I love that. I love the drive in Ventress there. And, and it forms that that partnership is so great. It's so rewarding to have them, uh, uh same team, even for a moment, some great banners, some great humor, but, uh, absolutely love what you're saying there about, uh, Ventress. It's, it's it, it makes it a true continuation of that story
5: absolutely uh yeah the the bit of banter uh, obviously there's a lot of it but i really like the it looks like i'm here to rescue you when did you become the good guy don't insult me <laughs> <laughs> it's it's all good banter but it is really i think going to these uh these ideas of like you're hey ventress you're kind of doing the right thing and she's like i'm doing the thing that i think is right don't put labels on me Kenobi. <laughs> yeah yeah yeah
1: <laughs> don't you call me good
5: yeah, don't you call me good. What are some other uh, big ideas or themes for you?
1: Uh, some of the themes in there as well. Um, uh, go with me here. Uh, strains of compassion from Savage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, and, uh, you know, we don't want to totally root for him here, but uh, when he shows up, it's like, uh, I, I, you're right. He doesn't quite know what to do with his uh, brother. He also... It is a little bit of uh, there's always a bigger fish theme of this idea of like I'm pretty bad I'm 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 badass savage Opress. I'm tearing up diners uh, and then he finds something he doesn't fully <laughs> understand that is perhaps even a little more dangerous than him um, but out of that he shows just enough compassion to move Maul forward maybe to give Maul a chance to heal I don't think Maul takes that chance. No. Um, but I think compassion becomes a, uh, it, it, it's an important thing in Star Wars. And, and uh, just uh, from my perspective, again, go with me. Savage has a little bit from all and it works. <laughs> oh, absolutely.
5: I think this is continuing this, this uh, picture of like, yeah, and people aren't just born like I'm on the dark side. I'm evil. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. it, it, in the night sisters and the night brothers and their weird relationship. There's a lot of dark side. There's a lot of, you know, uh, pain and who is the the strongest and, Uh, all sorts of things like that there's certainly a a healthy respect for vengeance but there is also like a bond between the night sisters and the night brothers in a way that there isn't in like the sith right it's Mm -hmm. all about use so there's this little bit of compassion and then along with that this to me another big idea in these episodes is just this constant fear of being betrayed and alone right
1: yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. The, no, I was, there's the, 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 that Star Wars theme of connection. It, it's you're like approaching from the other angle, right? We're all trying to get the connection, and then, and then if you don't, you got to You lack that purpose. You lack that connection. That that can breed fear. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
5: Yeah. So I I just thought it was great in these little sort of cracks in in what Maul and Savage kind of say, but like Savage is obsessed with betrayal. Like the second that amulet. Mm-hmm he doesn't think the amulet is working he's like mother charleston betrayed me (laughs) Uh, and we know mother charleston didn't the amulet works it's leading him the right place but that but he assumes that of course this uh, you know being who showed him some kindness and Mm. gave him some power and gave him some purpose uh Mm. with her own motivations obviously uh but oh no she betrayed me and he's really uh thinking that morley's gonna betray him and morley does betray him you know, he he specifically he defines Asajj by like that's a you know death me or witch. she betrayed me, right? Yep. Um. So he's really living this life with with no one to trust, uh, mm. and kind of trying to think maybe he's going to find out with his brother. You know?
1: Yeah. Look, he can't even go to a diner and order food without thinking the the waiter betrayed him. Like <laughs> <laughs> he can't even do that. <laughs> yeah. There's
5: bacon in this, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. I asked for no bacon. You betrayed me. Um, and, that, and I love how much uh, uh, of Maul's, you know, broken chatter isn't. He claims he he was left, kept alive only by Kenobi, but that is not what his broken chatter suggests, right? Mm. He is riffing on the Sith code when he says, through victory, my chains are broken. Right. Um, and then I feel like when he says, always remember I'm fear, always remember I am hunter, always remember I'm filth, always remember I am nothing. Mm. So it seems like mentally he's going through this cycle of what he was taught and Mm -hmm. that in particular, the the idea that he was uh, taught by the Sith that he should have value, but he actually doesn't. Right. Mm -hmm. And it is almost like I I went through this pain. I did everything I was supposed to be. I was I was fear. I was Hunter. I was strong. I killed Qui-Gon. But then I I felt a filth. I felt to nothing. And this other side of my my teacher's horrible, (laughs) you know, treatment and a horrible picture of who I am has come come true. And then right toward the end of his ranting, he he says, I must ask for mercy, master. And then he kind of yells at himself. Mercy is a delusion of the weak to think themselves strong. Mm. So he's just like trapped in this. uh, Mm. His mind is going through these horrible Sith teachings that are a circle of. I must be strong. If I'm not strong, I'm a failure and I don't even deserve to be rescued. Why won't anybody rescue me? I'm strong enough to rescue myself. No, I'm not. Like just trapped in this horrible cycle that has no one there to break it and no one there to come and help him. No one there to say, it's okay. you failed. Let me pick you back up.
1: Yeah, a a life of, again, a lack of choices made into a blunt weapon and a cycle of pain, cycle of suffering, and and it's it's toxic, it's it's poison, it races all through them, and this idea that you can't even ask uh, for help, you know, you can't ask for mercy. You'll be weak. Uh, that's dark side. That's dark side personified. Like you said, that everything about these episodes is just a painting, right? Of of here is the dark side. Uh,
5: yeah, and it's just crazy. one of the things that I was most excited about because I every time I've watched this, I've just been really excited about Maul's back. This is yeah. creepy though. He's his mind is broken, but really thinking about what is he saying and what does that mean and how does that attach to what we know about uh mm-hmm. you know Star Wars in the dark side. He claims he's only obsessed with Kenobi, but all he's talking about
1: is Darth Sidious yeah uh, that's true yeah no yeah again this is why this ends up working so well and how on paper or in that fateful hallway where george says dave i got an idea come here um, <laughs> somehow Maul has returned figure it out figure it out and and filoni says uh, cloning dark sciences secrets only sith new to himself uh and, th- and then katie lucas comes in who you know and by the way just uh, you know i know there's a writer room that puts it together but she leads these episodes and she's just such a damn good star wars writer man and, and just a rock star she really is and to just go all right Maul's coming back we are going to uh make a piece of art a literal almost just visual uh painting on a screen of of what the dark side is and how Maul is trapped in that ah oh, man it, it just works for me so good i love it. you're talking about trust you're talking about cycles of pain you're talking about not uh having compassion for yourself and not even accepting the compassion of others man
5: star yeah and there's then this great contrast. It's short and simple, but, you know, Asajj and Obi-Wan work together. They just put the disagreements in the past. They step off the cycle. A, they work together. Uh, Asajj literally picks Obi-Wan up when he's wounded and has failed, and they survive.
1: I, no, and literal the, the vision of almost stepping off the train, of uh, the train of pain, uh, <laughs> <and> stepping off, <laughs> and how both of them um, – Especially Ventress have taken steps to be, again, in that healthy position to do it. They've done the work, as they, you might say in a <laughs> self-help uh, 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 conference, but they've done the work to be able to to do that, uh, Yeah, especially for her. She's come a long way. And we're so proud of you, Asajj. We're so proud of you because so we love yeah. you. Um, yeah. To do that, it's a great visual.
5: Yeah. And it just makes me want, you know, even more Asajj storytelling. There's some, you know, great mm-hmm. stuff. I love the Dark Disciple book. But anyway, uh, any other big ideas for you?
1: So only one, this is one that, in uh, here in your summary, you touched on it, and There's there's a quote from um, Yoda talking to Kenobi and just going, it, it is so I fear. And when any time a Jedi says I fear, I always just go, okay, oh, 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 Jedi, because they're supposed to confront fear. <laughs> and, and, and and go with me here, and it's, it's, it's kind of a sub theme, but Yoda lets go of fear or that fear and mm-hmm. lets Kenobi go. Mace is saying from probably a, a smart tactical spot of no 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 we're going to send a squad with you maybe I'll go uh, and, and and Yoda's just going no I I, I have fear I, I I think this is not a great situation but I've got to let you go and it falls into the same thing of of telling Luke you've got to stay on Dagobah Uh there there's this it's just like what's the reasons for what you're doing and I think he kind of feels that this is this is good for Kenobi and even though I don't know. Was going to happen? I got to let go of that. And and, and and you think of Ahsoka and Anakin, how many times that plays out between those two. Uh, I really just like that. I love this idea of letting go of fear and, and Yoda being the one to do that there.
5: Yeah, yeah. I was really struck by how much these episodes, you know, Yoda's been the one who, since Attack of the Clones, the Shroud of the Dark Side has fallen. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been moments uh, throughout Clone Wars, but increasing in season four where Yoda's like, yeah, no, this. Uh, we're losing our way. You know? Yeah. And this feels like when you're watching the flow that like Yoda is really not pressing all all forward on the war. He is spending lots of time meditating and trying to, you know, hear the force and trust it. Right. He he has he has two insights of like, no, it's not just everybody else is like, ooh, a darkness is rising and something's up with Savage. And Yoda's like, no, Maul's back. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He has that clarity. And then there is that great, like, yeah, no, let go of fear. Don't just throw more, you know, uh, more people at the problem. I listen to the force and and, and I trust that somebody is going to come to help Obi-Wan. Like, there's that clarity there, which is really interesting from Yoda. Yeah. Yeah, love it. Good stuff, Yoda. He learns things along the way. Yeah, good job, Yoda. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I think it's, you know, when you combine that with, like, discussions of, like, you know, you know it's difficult to see the future because the dark side of cloud and everything, our ability to mm. use the force has been diminished. The fact that Yoda's like, no, 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 I'm going to keep looking into light side and, and and looking at trying to sense what is true.
1: Yeah, sense yeah. what's true. Mm.
5: And then, uh, last thing for me, it's not really a theme. It is more just, like, an aesthetic and a mood, but just the sheer volume of death darkness and rot in the visuals the aesthetics the Mm -hmm. choices right um you started off with anakin dooku yoda asajj all sensing the horror um there's so much visual imagery of literally falling below falling beneath right uh morley's line he says they say he drags things down beneath Mm -hmm. and they never come back and just like underlines the word beneath (laughs) right and almost everything uh looks like um our our culture's general presentation of of hellish of lost Mm -hmm. of fallen right everything is Mm -hmm. red orange dark misty rusty uh i think it is significant that morley is a snake there's some you know cultural stories and (laughs) moments that we have where you know you don't listen to a snake uh (laughs) it's a trash planet of literally the junk, the forgotten, the rotting, the, the fire breathers are these just
0: mm-hmm. demonic
5: yeah. things. There's acid rain of like, even nature is going to eat away at you. Uh, you got the, so much star Wars storytelling deals with this sort of mythic imagery of going down into the belly of the beast. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Boba Fett <laughs> literally gets literally. consumed in the belly of a beast, but you have Savage going down into the depths to get, uh, maul back. Um, there's the just devastated hellish community on Radonia after their slaughter. Um, and I feel like even the, like the freighter ship has this sort of that mm-hmm. cargo hold where the fight happens is like this dark cave, like environment. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, am really curious to see it to know someday how purpose, how much on purpose it was that this final fight with Kenobi, mm-hmm. Kenobi does what he often does. He literally tries to take the high ground, right?
1: Yeah. You can't, you
5: he literally gets above Maul. He fails. He gives in to his rage. And the last beat of their fight before the escape is Maul knocking Kenobi off from the high ground in a literal image of Kenobi falling. Mm. It, it, to me, it, it, whether it was a, a choice made on purpose or not, it really ties into all these images and all this fear of falling into the death and the darkness and the rock.
1: No, you're you're absolutely onto it. And the only... Uh... Things I can remember from that that, that feature had, uh, have the references to hell, but also just even how Kenobi himself, what he looks like uh, 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 against the backdrop of of darkness and flames and fire. Yeah. And, and this is why I love, you know, I love the Exegol stuff uh, in Rise of, of Skywalker, because it is it is a literal descent into into Hades descent in the belly of the beast. You take an elevator down. Yeah, um, and I love it. And, and that's what going to the, the beginning of what I've seen this, this episode of how, yeah, you know, I, I could get caught up on uh, some of the weird witchy, magical, there's a talking snake, what's going on? But at the end of the day, no, this is, it is, it is a parable. It is a fairy tale and you are in hell. And that's where this story uh, is, uh, takes place.
5: Yeah, this story takes place in hell. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I, I would love to have heard uh, the narrator say that, but uh, <laughs> not literal. Thematically, this story takes place in hell. Or a trash planet. Uh, so we've talked a lot about big ideas in these two episodes. Uh, is there anything in particular uh, how it relates to larger storytelling morality perspective of Star Wars that you wanted to touch on?
1: Yeah, just a couple things that I, I think even uh, already started talking about the, the circle there. Um, a lot of, uh, again, it would make sense with that theme, a lot of once defeated enemies returning in some way savage kind of reappearing on the scene again talzin like she's still around she's still there she's not completely gone uh even after poking uh, you know voodoo doll dooku she's around uh, <laughs> ventress is still going strong in her own her own way and of course the big one being maul and and how that connects to this idea of uh, the empire which leads to first order palpatine returning all those things it is uh, the cycle of hate cycle of evil, evil, um, and evil, uh, and, and how just those obsessed with power and revenge and vengeance are just going to keep going until you break that cycle. And how do you truly defeat that? How do you truly heal from that? And, and these, these episodes kind of deal with it. And I love that Star Wars is always going to put that in front of you. You know, the yub nub victory is, is not the end of the day and, and it's still what's inside people that will always have to be confronted. Ah, uh, the light and the dark in all of us and and how do you best do that? You've already talked wonderfully about that 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 train of pain and stepping off. Bit, so <laughs> I, I can't add much in there, but I just love that that it just made me think about all those things in star wars,
5: yeah, absolutely. i i I think it's great to present it, yeah, as a cycle of like the dark side will always attempt to rise again, and it is up to people to you know try to to help avert that. Um, yeah. I also just think it's with this being kind of established in the lore of star Wars, I don't even want to say Canon, but Mm -hmm. I don't think it's that technical. I think it's more the lore, the idea that, you know, whatever the uh, (laughs) Zabrak physiology Mm -hmm. is being cut in half, you could still cling to life out of sheer anger and fear and pain. And it's like, I don't want to be done. I will not Mm -hmm. accept this. I will not accept death. Um, that that is a part of, of the dark side that you know connects to lots of great storytelling we've had from like the Darth moment the 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 spirit yeah. uh, staying in the mask and it really connects to Sidious of uh, mm-hmm. that idea of I uh, I will cling to life unnaturally
1: yeah yeah not let go
5: not let yeah go. any other thoughts about we've talked a lot about uh, the the ups and downs of Palpatine's return how much mm-hmm. um. That for us in Rise of Skywalker, we we do think that the the why is told really well, and mm-hmm. the how is you know it, it it literally is a combination of dark Sith clinging to life and yeah. uh, dark science manipulation, cloning, uh, all sorts of unnatural stuff, but also how it really bothered a lot of people because the clarity of but how distracted them from enjoying the rest of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have uh, any other insights? after
1: watching mall um do i have any other insights other not to to me it just reinforces uh, the 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 use of of um of of palpatine again the how the how palpatine i get in a big movie in a big motion picture in 2019 I, i understand the clarity the need for clarity i'm not saying the to ask how is is an entirely dangerous question you should always ask that and and but this just, uh, it just puts a stamp on, um, again, I, I keep going back to, it's a fable, myth, parable, allegory, lessons for all of us. And, and and again, engaging the story on that and just seeing, because so much of these episodes have been kind of pushed out of my brain, right? I, I remember ma- he mauls a spider, his horns are large. I kind of remember that. <laughs> Actually go into it and see the story they're telling. Uh, it's number one, very similar in that poetry kind of way. And I, I think it's an important Part of the Star Wars story, this lesson.
5: Yeah, yeah, I think for me it is just a reminder of yeah, there there isn't a, a line as as sort of blatant as somehow Maul returned. Yeah, um, but we're dealing with all force sensitive people. Uh, who are open to, like, almost anything is possible through the Force. Like, you know, I I think it is important for me to remember that somehow Palpatine Return came from Poe. And Poe is not, like, a Force-sensitive character. He's a, I know how to physically fix my X-Wing when it's broken. Uh, So maybe if we had a character coming uh, from that perspective in these malls episodes, we might have had a, how, what? He he did what with robot legs? Uh, Doubting it more. That's a little bit of a side point. I think my main point is that I really understand people watching Rise of Skywalker saying uh, Palpatine is this large figure in pop culture. The end of Return of the Jedi is predicated on the fact that he died. So when I see him come back, I'm going to be distracted unless you are really clear with me about how I think that's valid. I understand it. Uh, But I think what these mall episodes drive home to me is that the style of storytelling that Star Wars is often interested in is at tension sometimes with modern audience perceptions. And I think that's what's going on in Rise of Skywalker, because what we're seeing in these episodes is a very similar storytelling style of we are interested in why Maul came back, what it means for him as a character, what it means for Kenobi, what it means for the dark side. We are not at all interested in physically how did he get those robot legs. That's just not a concern of these episodes.
1: No, uh, no, it should nor should it. How boring would that be? Of how do you eat? And okay, just tell me the rest. I, yeah, you, you can get caught up on that. And and I think I did initially. I I, I didn't. I, I'm trying to take myself back to to the year this actually happened. Uh, I, I don't. I didn't reject the concept. I was intrigued by Maul coming back, but Spider Leg Maul did push uh, push me away slightly. You know, because I'm stuck on that of what 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 what. And and um, just digging in more, you just see you see the whole purpose behind it. Yeah, absolutely, and
5: I've definitely been through that. I've definitely rewatched parties episodes. Like, what exactly
1: does Maul say?
5: And like, mm. oh, his hatred kept him alive. That's it.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I got to tell you. But I, I you know, I I remember when I had that kind of enlightened, uh, enlightening moment a little bit later on, a couple of years later, when I in and thinking about it, or thinking about it more. Um, maybe especially when mall started pop back up in rebels, I think it started to uh, like, Oh, Oh good. We get more of this and, and started revisiting some of the ideas and it's so clear. It's so clearly stated, but it's easy to miss cause it's wrapped up in a, a lot of fun stuff, but a lot of, uh, a lot of crazy stuff too.
5: Yeah. Fun, wild stuff. Absolutely. So, uh, any other big thoughts before we take a break?
1: Yeah. Only one, uh, just this idea of lack of compassion and, and how it can damage others going a little bit to the. Savage uh, compassion, but even just breaking it out of that because watching these episodes, this episode, these two episodes, um, particularly the second one, it just maybe made me think a lot about Maul and this life in which, like I said earlier, many choices were taken away from. him. He's an absolute villain. He is fear and hate and evil. He's all those things on the screen and his purpose in the story. But I think about how this character, this, this being, um, you know, began born in blood, almost in a way. And, and now goes back. And the Jedi didn't find me. How come they didn't find me? Why didn't I have that purpose? That's not fair. I'm taken in by Talzin. I'm given to Palpatine. I'm turned into a weapon of hate. I do everything and I do everything. Like he's muttering to himself that gets him nowhere, gets him here. And how, and how then you take that out and he, he dies in the arms of the one person he built his vengeful existence on. It's, it's a bittersweet tragic tale and a lot of it about just a, a lack of compassion along the way and, and and the choices that you make as well yes it starts yeah. um, but it just made me uh, more than anything it just ties into this big Mall picture and it just makes me sad it's a great story yeah it, it is a great
5: story and I think what makes it even even uh, better for me you outlined so much of Maul's life and trajectory there but there are these little glimmers of possibility of connection right I mm-hmm. love in these episodes that Mother him when she's leading him you know, back when he's still fractured and she keeps calling him son of Dathomir, right? Mm-hmm. And it is really giving him this sense of like identity outside of purpose. You come from here, you are of here, I am with you. Um, and there is more in that uh, arc that didn't get made that is the comic book, uh, son of Dathomir uh about the connection between maul and Talzin, so there is this possibility of family of connection i do just entirely uh, i can't wait to rewatch the episodes but in rebels it feels like yeah he's absolutely trying to turn ezra to the dark side and make him his apprentice and and do the whole thing but it also just feels like i kind of like you and i'd like to hang out
1: <laughs> no no i i don't think you're wrong at all i can't wait to revisit that yeah i think you mentioned maul has a as a charm to him, that kind of develops over 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 the years of storytelling, both in Clone Wars and especially in Rebels. Uh, yeah, I think I think there's a little bit of that. There is a little bit of an old broken man who's like, hey, cool, I got a friend finally. <laughs>
5: yeah, and it makes me so excited to see the, you know, room we have for storytelling with Maul and mm-hmm. that end with Kira. Obviously, from her perspective, it is threatening, and Maul will yeah. manipulate her and threaten her, and it will not be a good relationship. But I can see also the possibilities. Is that a part of the story where, like, Maul thinks it's all about control and vengeance and all that, but he kind of just also wants someone nearby. He wants someone in his life.
1: Yeah, so sad. Just needed a friend.
5: <laughs> just get a friend, Maul. <laughs> <laughs> all right, on that note, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back.
3: This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you The
5: And we are back to continue our discussion of the final episodes of season four of The Clone Wars, The Return of Maul. We talked about a lot of the big ideas. I'm sure we still will, but we're going to get into some of the great moments. Ken, did you have a favorite action moment in this episode or these episodes?
1: Yeah, uh, a lot of action in the episodes, but oddly enough, I found like less specific moments. I don't know if you found that, too, but there were some some things in there. I do like uh, 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 Opress versus the Junkers. Poor Junkers made an effort. Good design. i love the design of the junkers too but just to yeah. remind you that uh savage uh, he knows what he's doing with the double-sided blade yeah
5: no it is quite vicious because it, it is like oh no surrounded by junkers he's like good <laughs> let yeah. me yeah. at him yeah. um i think for me the the first one that i wrote down is when morley does re- reveal that his whole purpose is to find food from all and uh you know pulls away that uh that board and Savage falls down the hole and Marley's yelling, I get the leftovers. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's a kind of a, a, an awful moment of action, but most of them are. (laughs) Uh, And yeah. And even though there is some action, some fighting, especially in that first episode, some of the moments Mm -hmm. of action, I I felt like were more like um, visual storytelling. Um, I really loved uh, actually, this is in the second episode when mother Talzin is, uh, you know, healing mall up to a point that she's got that, that green swirl of night sister magic, <laughs> she's just ripping out shadows. Yeah, and that there's something I didn't expect anything in this episode to look cleansing and welcoming. And like, no. there's something about that of just like, it looks like this, you know, night sister spa treatment of like, please, how much do, can I pay Mother Talzin to rip some of the shadows out?
1: I called it Talzin's Witchy Workshop. And <laughs> Just putting together the legs And that, and we, I love the visual Of uh, pulling out shadows And like, uh, you know, uh, giving Mole A weird sense of clarity Not the right clarity um, And again, she's such an intriguing character She really is uh, Is she all evil? I don't know, I don't think so Is she all good? Definitely not uh, But yeah, the witchy workshop, loved it no,
5: I mean, in some ways, Mother Talzin just uh, feels very, um, I don't know, real of like, mm-hmm. she seems like she wants to help her children. And then she's also has some stuff that she wants them to do, which, you know, <laughs> I think that describes many parents.
1: <laughs> yes.
5: I would like to help you. And also, I need you to do this.
1: Uh, yeah.
5: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, this is also an extremely sad action moment. But um, Obi-Wan's mercy shutdown
1: of that droid on Raidonia? OK, thanks. I'm glad you mentioned that. Explain more. Explain to me how. Uh, So that droid is established uh,
5: and I think in a good way when like Maul and Savage are on their way there of just like, oh, it looks like this. looks like a pretty healthy, normal kind of Star Wars community with a nice astromech droid. And uh, then we see uh, everybody slaughtered and it's really vicious. Uh, And then everybody's dead and that droid, that droid seems like it lost its mind. Yeah. And is just ramming itself repeatedly into the wall almost like, Trying to break its, you know, its HoloLens so it doesn't have to remember what it saw, kind of thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then Obi Wan walks by and does a little hand wave, and the droid powers down.
1: It, it stood, I, I, yeah, mercy. Yeah, no, definitely. It, it was uh, so sad, <laughs> so sad in a way. It just was...
5: Yeah, I, I'm not feeling like tackling any, any large real life issues uh, okay. that, that could be reflected in that moment. I'm not feeling <laughs> up to that on this particular episode, but it feels like that's what, like, it, yeah. It's like that droid is trying to say, "I don't want to remember anymore," and yeah. Obi Wan's like, "I'll, I'll, I'll flick the off switch for now."
1: Yeah, yeah,
5: It stood out to me too. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, weird, weird favorite action moment, but mm-hmm. it was it it jumped out at me. It's compassion from Kenobi. Yeah, yeah, and then you get into the actual. Uh, conflict towards the end once you know Kenobi arrives and confronts Maul and, and I have a couple
1: moments in there. Did you have moments in that in that big fight? Well first of all let's just point out that poor Kenobi sure does get beat up a lot in Clone Wars especially especially season 4. Season 4 really is the beating of Kenobi. <laughs> just punch punch kick kick all to his face. Uh my moment being a being an old pro wrestling guy there when Maul force pushes Kenobi into Savage's clothesline.
5: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Great finisher. <laughs> <laughs> when uh, the tactics mm.
5: Yeah, I had written that down. The force push into the clothesline is that's, that is brutal. It's like they worked
1: at it. They're like, Hey, I got an idea. I'm going to do this and you just close. Oh yeah, that's,
5: that's great. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It is a great dark side uh, wrestling move for sure. Uh, what are other moments from there?
1: Uh, just a lot of the fight uh, again, just the, the memory of um, not that I, th- I thought the twin sons was the first time they met or cross blades, Um but it just uh I, I forgot that de- how how much they interacted and they interacted with with lightsabers and to see Kenobi do it with a red blade uh, at times was uh, funny. They great banter came out of that, but also just uh loved uh stood out to me too. Uh, just seeing them clash early on in that
5: contest. Yeah. That whole fight is just really great. I love how much uh Asajj is is very kinetic, flipping around doing, you know, the little one-two punches here and there. Mm, totally. <laughs> That's great. But I think my the moment that i isolated you know i know kenobi does not uh, win this fight but he has one good move i love it when uh kenobi kind of pivots out of maul's strike so maul falls past him a little bit and then kenobi does the extra force push <laughs> yes yes <laughs> and uh, from behind and throws uh maul into the crate ever so briefly every so briefly yes yeah and then i think uh, for me the final one is uh I love uh, uh, Asaja's when she decides to escape, she does that flip uh, that kicks Maul as she flips, and then Kenobi gives her the extra lift, right? Yes. <laughs> if this uh, episode, these these episodes, th- this half of this arc is about dealing with darkness, uh, falling uh, into a, a pit of loneliness and despair, and uh, that is a great action moment. That's literally the opposite of Kenobi yeah. working together to give her the extra lift so they can escape.
1: Love that! And I want to shout out to of uh, Ventress uh, when she first gets on the Turtle Tanker of uh, doing the she takes weird uh, you know random slices which I respect and then flips up and then just like disappears into a vent. It was great. Oh yeah, no, I
5: I love the random slices because I as I was watching the episode, I was like, I can't remember. Did was that you know something functional, <laughs> just- <laughs> or was that just massages here kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Any other action moments for you?
1: Uh, no, again, overall, there was just there was these are action-packed episodes that just uh, it, it it hit me a little differently. It seems like it, same with you of just more of a, an art piece versus uh, watching a fight. Yeah, yeah, no,
5: the fights in Clone Wars changed so much from like, yeah, this is fun to oh my, <laughs> mm-hmm. and this was this was cool and thrilling, but it, it felt more like the uh, the the story was present over the the fun thrill. Yeah. So let's talk about moments of comedy, whimsy, and weirdness. Probably more weirdness than comedy and whimsy in these two. Yeah. <laughs> but
1: but what did you find? But, but 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 funny stuff. Like and 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 it plays really really well, right? It played the comedy. Kenobi's uh, Kenobi's sass plays well against the darkness, and it was a needed kind of relief. Um, That's true. There's a ton of sass at the end. Ton of sass. Uh, I I like the beginning with Grievous to Dooku. You consider him a threat? Hack 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 hack. I'm the strong one. hack <laughs> hack 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 uh that is true that is a really really good one yeah uh yeah. i like i like the uh diner uh, uh the chef uh, lubo grabbing a frying pan uh and if you look at the trivia gra- gallery it was supposed to originally be a blaster but it just plays a lot better as a frying pan <laughs> oh
5: that's hilarious yeah that that makes total total sense
1: <laughs> <laughs> the police droid says don't point that at a jedi <laughs>
5: very funny. Yeah, no, you're right. That stuff was very, very funny. I, I also liked Anakin and Ahsoka's little banter about Anakin being like, Yeah, no, I don't want any more rations.
1: I, no, I wrote that down too. I'm hungry. I'm tired of those government rations. I'm like, Man, Dexter's Diner's down the street, man. <laughs> I don't mean to always mention Dexter's Diner, but you know the food's good there.
5: Yeah, yeah. I mean, but it, it's also just this picture of Anakin's like, he goes his own way philosophically and also uh, eating. Like, I don't want that crap. <laughs> I want a nice sloppy diner meal here at what, what is it plop dribble,
1: plop, dribble. <laughs> uh,
5: Morley Morley's weird over-the-top voice it did make me laugh a, a couple times mm. uh, vent, just like kind of teetering on the edge of kind of like almost a New England stereotype right
1: yeah 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 uh, yeah. yeah Ben Diskin does the voice well
5: mm. yeah like that that kind of stereotype of like storms are coming you know
1: <laughs> yeah, well, because one of my favorite line of his was the uh, when the, the 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 fire breather uh, creatures were really droids and incinerators. Uh, so he says, "Yep, fire breathers, they'll get you."
5: that is the one that i wrote down too because it really did sound like is that an old man on a rocking chair whittling (laughs) yep fire breathers i'll get you i'll get you you see uh and then the one that's just like the 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 line is a straightforward line and it is pure delivery that makes it comedy or or whimsy when morley's like so
1: who are you looking for (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So uh, uh, going to that uh, that feature again, this was based off of uh, like a, 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 a behind the scenes person at the Clone Wars who was kind of like their archivist, kind of uh, one of those guys with a lot of knowledge and kind of the story, kept track of the story, that, that, that story editor type of guy. And apparently he, he sounds like this and is kind of this character. And it once got into a debate with George Lucas over the Transformers. And <laughs> and they based this character off of him, including like the shape of his head. Yeah, I'll send you you, you got to do the deep dive and you to find it. It's pretty fascinating.
5: Yeah, no, this one sounds great. was Is there any more information about what he was fighting with George Lucas about the Transformers <laughs> about
1: no, I'm, I'm dying to I'm dying to have that conversation. I see that conversation. I, is it uh, could you imagine like what what is George? What side is George on? What are they arguing about? <laughs>
5: Yeah, because it could be something, like, deep about, like, but what do the Transformers really mean? Are they just, you know, a a way to sell toys, or is there value in the narrative? Or is it more like, you know, uh, absolutely Optimus Prime is the
1: coolest. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. George going, I I like Rodimus Prime. I liked him, I liked him. So great. Yeah. Is it too on the
5: nose? Does it make any sense that Megatron is just a large gun? Does that work?
1: Oh, I love it. Yeah. So does And 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 hearing that made me uh, like morally more because they also tell the story of Clancy Brown, the great Clancy Brown, and Savage Press. He gets a tour of uh, of Lucasfilm, and his young son's with him, and his young son is a diehard obsessed Clone Wars fan. As mm. the whole tour, as he's flown, he's telling the story. As he leaves the tour, the last thing he sees is Floney and a couple of his editors, and the kid, I forget his name, pops in and just goes. By the way, that snake was lame, and runs away. <laughs> And uh, I just maybe love Morley uh, More than I thought I could
5: Oh that is hilarious Uh, Poor Morley Uh, I also like when Morley thinks everything's coming up Morley uh, when he pops in And assuming (laughs) Savage has long been murdered He's like I'm here for my leftovers Oh no
1: (laughs) Everything coming up Morley
5: That's that's (laughs) the sitcom we need Just the utter shock of it It's it's my day to day Mm Mm-hmm. Yep, the master killed some leftovers and left me some leftovers. So yeah. great. Yeah. Um, in the second episode, I like when Maul is uh, still on the the ship, the turtle tanker, and, and is kind of losing it. And uh, he just says, Kenobi, and closes the boxes together with the force to kind of hide. And then yeah. Savage is like, fine,
1: stay here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's such a, he's a, he is a feral animal. But the fact that even that Talzin uses like a green orb to get him out like he's a cat is yep. <laughs> hilarious to me
5: yeah and there was that mood for me where it was funny with savage but it kind of reinforces like i thought i was finding my super powerful amazing brother so he could take the galaxy by storm and it's, uh, this guy doesn't even
1: want to get off the ship it's savage is us at, at this point in time in the <laughs> fandom right Maul's <laughs> back wait a minute this he needs a horn trim
5: come on um I did like uh, it's a very cheeky, I'm sure. Uh, but I did like the bounty hunter who says a million credits. Who is this savage
1: Opress? No, I it's cheeky indeed. I wrote that down. Savage Opress? like it, because I've been yeah, it's, it's yeah, I'm that guy. Clearly, fans
5: reacting to the name Savage Oppress. <laughs> did, did they talk about that at all? In the <laughs> uh, they <laughs> didn't.
1: They didn't really. They didn't. They didn't get into it. I would love to. I love a little bit more. No, no more. It's still one of my. It's it's so. My least favorite name in Star Wars is that I love it. It's just the way it works. It, yeah. I mean, for me, it
5: just, it, it's one of those things. And I think the Clone Wars does it a lot. The Clone Wars has the deep, the mythic, the thoughtful, mm-hmm. the life lessons, but the Clone Wars plants its flag of like, and also weird pulp movie, B movie. Yeah. Savage Press, Like, yeah, that's, that is. Mm-hmm. One big half of Star Wars. And <laughs> yeah. you know, there's gonna be many a Savage presses.
1: Yeah. And yeah, and, and Morley a talking snake, and you're gonna be on the Millennium Falcon, and there's gonna be a blob named Claude. Like that's what you got. It's Star Wars. Yep. That's
5: what we're that's what we're doing here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what mm-hmm. we've always been doing here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh all right. So for me, the rest of my uh moments of comedy and Whimsy are all kenobi banter <laughs> yeah oh, absolutely same 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 same. kenobi Ventures banter so uh what were some winners for you
1: uh i love so i know that they they see the video they see a hologram they know it's maul they feel it's maul but you know there's some doubt i guess mace kind of said something too but i, I just love sassy kenobi being like i'm not sure i've made you an acquaintance like you, you know what you're doing you know what you're
5: doing <laughs> yeah there is a lot of him of kenobi having the psychological battle with maul trying to make him feel less than right yeah so totally. well yeah. it was yeah what was great was now small <laughs> uh in my favorite i think because I, I just totally forgot it was in here i was like i like your new legs yeah. they make you look taller
1: yeah absolutely absolutely <laughs> just
5: such fighting with shade
1: yeah it, it almost sounds like like you and mcgregor on the set with ray park or something you know both both are <laughs> aren't, uh, a tall gentleman like over six foot or something so just a almost like banter between them like oh you look taller oh shut up yeah, and it's
5: so got the like. It, you remember why you have new legs, right?
1: <laughs>
5: yes, it's really a twist in twist in the lightsaber blade. There, I think. Um, mm. I, I was, there's so much banter between Kenobi and Ventress that is great. Uh, but I love uh, Kenobi saying, "Ah, oh, what a lovely sight to wake up to," and Ventress saying, "Don't flatter yourself, Kenobi. You've never been much to look at, especially now." Because I think it really speaks to you know since the movie, since the Clone Wars animated film uh they've had this like are they flirting what's yeah. the deal and it feels like ventures is also like yeah you know i've given it some thought and nah
1: yeah yeah <laughs> no there's a there's a even just the whole like uh you know you're running away well i learned it from you like there's just it's just funny it's, it's funny <laughs> it's rom-com funny yeah. yeah it's
5: all great and it, it builds on the relationship they've always yep. had in the clone wars so i think it's great um Final one for me is uh, the Kenobi, you know, Asaj giving Kenobi her lightsaber, the one she's attacked him with many yeah. times, and uh, saying, I'm going to need that back, and Kenobi saying, that's fine, red isn't my color.
1: <laughs>
5: yes. Absolutely great stuff. Uh, how about you? What else what uh, more?
1: The uh, you know, last one for me that I mentioned is, uh, again, not a fan of puns and wordplay. I know you're not as well, but I also enjoy it here with Ventress going, your brother looks like he's half the man. You are, Savage. Like, eh, I love it. If yeah, so. yeah, no,
5: it's it's so calculated to yeah. make make them feel less than,
1: you <laughs> know. Yeah, and again, I'm 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 rambling on about the importance of compassion. Not a lot of compassion from Ventress and Kenobi in these moments, but it's a banter. You
5: know, it's a it's a it's a, a part of a of a it's a part of the fight, right? I yes. mean, they are trying to unbalance him.
1: Yes, exactly.
5: Yeah, and and it's pretty mean. <laughs> yes. yes. But fair enough. Maul's, Maul's been mean, too. All right. We're going to move on to uh, canon lore connections to other bits of Star Wars. Uh, so I did look up on Maul's Wikipedia page the details, the how of his return. Mm. So I'm just trying to remember, like, is it out there? So uh, Wikipedia says that Maul did indeed use the force on Naboo uh, to pull himself into an air vent and fell into a trash container. And we know that uh, from the book Star Wars, Everything You Need to Know. (laughs) All right, there you go. So we needed to know that. And then uh, he was collected from Naboo and got dumped on Lotho Minor and then uh, did indeed make those legs out of junk himself. And that comes from added context in that uh, book that I think we both own and haven't had time to read. Uh, That takes uh, stories from the Clone Wars and tells them from the perspective of individual characters. That's from that book, Clone Wars Tales of Dark and Light.
1: Right. My gosh, that's on a shelf somewhere in my house. Time to pull that down again. Yeah.
5: Yeah. So, I mean, I I guess for me, it's just, it really adds to our conversation about the difference between the why and the how of like, it's Mm -hmm. pulled from a, a kind of resource coffee table book, one half of it, the other half of it is pulled from, you know, a very recent. Yeah. book about mall's perspective of just like, I, I think for me, it's just like, yeah, I, that's cool that those things exist and that they're on Wikipedia. And if you're curious, you can know those things, but it's also like, yeah, that's generally what I figured.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, look, the, a lot of that information is always out there and, and even going to the Palpatine stuff. And, 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 and I think you hear a lot of, well, I shouldn't have to read that to understand it. And it's like, I just don't, I don't think you do need to read that to understand it. You're just missing the theme of the, of the point. Engage again, engage with it on that. But then for fans, then it's out there and you can get rewarded. And I do love putting that stuff together. You know, uh, yeah. I, I love my maps. I love, uh, I love all that kind of stuff. So I, I'm, I'm probably going to take a run through Wikipedia over lunch today and kind of refresh <laughs> myself on that.
5: Yeah. Yeah. And I looked at the Canon tab uh, and I'm sure there's other context, you know, back in, in yeah. the legends days. Uh, cool. Although that was, uh, those were soon to end. Yeah yeah um so i really liked that when maul has you know had enough shadows pulled out of his mind he's got his new uh goat legs instead of spider legs <laughs> mm-hmm. uh and he's walking out in dathomir and kind of pulling everything together and he comments that the force is out of balance and that you know makes savage go yeah yeah the clone wars but i think i love this idea that maul is like yeah no the force is out of balance did that strike you that that he thought it of it that way too uh, you,
1: uh I didn't think about it too much until now um so great pull uh love that idea of just uh, uh it, 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 yeah you, you threw a curveball at me and I love uh love that uh, <laughs> yeah
5: so yeah well yeah. Let, let me put some more context to what I mean and, yeah. and get your thoughts I, I think it for me it's this kind of clarification that even a absolute dark sider like maul is would go like when i reach out to the force i sense the light and i think it is you know hypocritical and a lie and i reject that and i sense the dark side and they're both there and i invest in the dark side because the, the light is weak and full of hypocrisy but even within that philosophy he reaches out and is like whoa damn <laughs> yeah the galaxy's out of balance balance is you know the light in the dark kind of in this this perfect symmetry uh, and it that's not what it is now. It is there's so much darkness, so yep. you can't imagine that Maul thinks that's a bad thing, but it is the way he chooses to say it. He doesn't say, Ah, the force at, is as it should be, you know, the galaxy is consumed by darkness. He's like, oh, That's out of balance,
1: yeah. There you go, and then and so, so. Now now I got my bat in my hand ready to swing here. Um yeah, thinking of it in the terms of like a Sith a Sith or a Sith affiliated person, they'd be excited and happy. Yeah, but I love what you're saying, and especially in this season four, we've been talking about now that the Jedi slip sliding away. Man, to have him kind of feel it in, in that kind of way, that 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 does that that does take on more meaning.
5: Yeah, that just like all of the uh Actions that Sidious has mm-hmm. unleashed uh, by starting the Clone Wars, and not only the violence, but you know the uh poverty and the loss of resources, and all all these different horrors yeah. that we've seen are rippling out. And there's just not, the the galaxy is uh, the force is out of balance, and even Maul yeah. looks at it that way. is really uh, an interesting
1: idea to me. Yeah, ties definitely ties in the big picture too of what's going on. Love that.
5: Yeah, it, it to in, in it to me. It speaks to like, yeah, no, that's the, the cis goal is like, yeah, no, no, we 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 want it to be out of balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> balance is not good. We want it to be all dark all the time. Yeah. Um, I thought it was just a cool canon thing that I forgot that Savage does uh pick up uh Maul's uh original half blade.
1: Yeah, yeah, very fun. Yeah,
5: I I did a little uh, Wikipedia dive there, too, tracking all of uh, Maul's lightsabers. And he holds on to that one for a while and uh, then uh, refurbishes it uh, in time for the uh, final arc of the Clone Wars. Mm, That's right.
1: That's right. Got a little construction project coming up.
5: Yeah. So I do want to make sure to talk about diners. Uh, We have prop... Plop dribble. Plop <laughs> dribble diner on stow bar. It does look really similar to Dex's. How do you feel that that's just how diners look in the galaxy?
1: Uh I'm I'm okay with it. It's it's oddly comforting. Like you and I talked about Dexter's diner being so comforting and the purpose of that. Um uh I kind of love it. And uh I wanted I want like um like a show, like a diners dive and drives kind of show <laughs> of just going around the galaxy's uh diners. It, 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 it and it, again, it almost is uh, with what um Coming out of Attack of the Clones, and you got the Clone Wars series, uh, and, and and again, Revenge of Sith. But like, the Clone Wars does this thing of just like, no, 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 we're leaning into even the things that you might struggle with because this is what we believe is is, is all part of Star Wars. And yeah. I don't think it's a salt in the wound type of thing, but just like, no, 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 this is, this is, this exists. There's diners and we got it. And this, this chef, uh, this uh, chef's got a frying pan in his hand and uh, there
5: you go. <laughs> yep. And the robot cops, all sorts of stuff. Uh, yeah. It's really great. I really like it. That just being the aesthetic. And it adds to me of Anakin being like, uh, I don't want these rations. I want to go to this, you know, diner. It, and I, it feels to me like if you were in a city that you did not know. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh yeah, And you're like, I could go back to the hotel and get, you know, order in hotel food, but look at that greasy diner. I recognize what that is. And I want to eat at one
1: of those. I I just did that in DC. We found a pub around the corner. We're like, this is, we literally said to each other, Mark Ellis and I were like, this is where we're going to be every day. Yep. (laughs) Yeah.
5: So I like that a lot. Um, also in the pub of a a pub, the diner, a fun (laughs) thing. Uh, I know it got me thinking about pubs. I want to sip a pint in near some dark wood. Um, the droid, Marwigo, uh, calls the authorities after the incident with Savage Press, And I forgot that that is very similar to mm-hmm. the way that the uh, resistant spy droid, GA-97, reports to PO mm-hmm. uh, in The Force Awakens of that. The eyes flash, and there's that, a very similar kind of
1: sound effect. Uh, I, like an old uh, teletype almost. Yeah, I love that. A uh, great pull. Um, that stood out to me, too. Love that.
5: Yeah, I think for me, it's just it's always a reminder of just like there's a whole big team of people working on Star Wars Mm -hmm. and they're making all these fun little connections always. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The bounty hunter that we met recently, uh, Darwin, is in the background of the cantina, uh, uh, eyeing up Anakin, which I thought was funny. Right. Yep. I assume that's Darwin. It looks exactly Exactly. uh, like him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The Junkers. They were a cool design. Did they feel a little uh, a proto Jakku, like a little bit of connection to this sort of uh, idea of uh, people who scavenge in in remote places for what they can get out of the trash?
1: Totally, a little uh, a little Tito vibe, and then a little uh, that the creature that kind of yells at Ray when she's uh, taking her time cleaning there, looking up to the, uh, the the horizon. You know, the one that kind of comes at her in the beginning. Oh um, yeah, I, I, yeah, good connection, and and, and obviously. Uh, vibes of uh, Jawas as well completely um yeah loved it, it really really good design really Star Wars like design
5: really Star Wars like design yeah they kind of remind me of that there's that great very quick moment in in Force Awakens where that TIE fighter goes down and Ray and Finn's uh, Falcon mm-hmm. chasing, and, and the Junkers are out after it immediately,
1: immediately yeah.
5: <laughs> yeah uh and then uh Radonia uh, where the uh the horrible slaughter takes place um Look that up. It does get name-checked in the Aftermath series. A Wedge makes a report from Raydonia.
1: Oh, there you go. I love that.
5: Yeah, hopefully that Astromech's doing okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any other canon or lore
1: connections that you spotted or wanted to discuss? I Just going back to the Clone Wars thing, too, with Maul, and just, I loved, I remember, and this one I do remember loving back in the day, too, of just him saying, oh, yes, so it began without me, and how it just so has this vibe of... Uh, you know, you break up, and your, your 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 old partner takes that trip to Europe. You guys were planning together. And you're like, <laughs> oh yeah, Oh, they did that, and I'm not there. Oh, right, <laughs> off the wound. Uh, yep, yep, they went. To Disney World without me, and it yeah. just it just brings up the image of Palpatine and Maul sitting around having some uh, you know Sith Teague. and 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 then I'm going to have them buy a clone army, and then <laughs> <laughs> I will set up my base
5: in the Jedi Temple. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it will be so wizard, Master. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. It's very, very sad. You reminded me that is the other thing that I did want to mention. Uh, I love the change in the color of the logo for these episodes oh, yeah. to really drive home hey it's clone wars but we're going to hell kids <laughs> yes yes love that yeah do you like that or is, or is it
1: too much no no not at all love it and, and i think especially now seeing that after um season seven being in the rearview mirror now where they they really played with the, the the beginnings and, and what the colors and everything i love that
5: yeah yeah was there anything then in uh these episodes that you disliked or questioned
1: Nothing majorly. You know, um, if you'd asked me back then, I would have been like, there's a talking snake, man. But uh, love it all. (laughs) Love it all comes together. Because it's just hard for me to imagine uh, that when New Hope begins and and Luke's on Tatooine and, and he's looking up to the Star Destroyers that also at the same time, there's probably an anaconda somewhere in the galaxy. And it just, it's right. sort of sometimes a hard leap to be like, like that, that same, same universe. Okay. But no, it works. Um, I mentioned the Palpatine thing. Like, I, I think it works about Palpatine's presence is very clearly felt. And, and f- in fact, going back to that line that you, uh, you, you pointed out about the, the balance, uh, from, from all love that. Um, I don't think it needs it. I just, it's, it's, uh, I don't need it it, it would have been too on the nose, um, uh, but yeah, Palpatine's uh, gonna eventually have some thoughts on more. We This we know, but uh, you know, a little finger twitch of him going something's happening and seeing what he feels about that. I, you know, wouldn't have minded that. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that is
5: what I like about these episodes, and also feel tortured when I,
1: <laughs> yeah, in a
5: good way when I watch them. Is they. They leave me wanting more because it is really, it's the return of Maul. It's all of this insight, but you're kind of, you're waiting for the next shoe to drop and it just kind of, it doesn't, right? It is really teeing up what is to come.
1: Yeah, and, and it does work. It does work. I was say if they did it, it might've come across as, as too on the nose. Because I, I really enjoy it when Palpatine is uh, staring out the window going, oh, that Padme got me again. Like, I love those moments. Um, I don't need that. But, um, and, and again, we get it. It, it, it comes later on. So you're right. It's oh, tra- yes, it does. It's a trailer. And it leaves you kind of going, well, like like I am. What what, what does Sheev think? And you're going to find out.
5: Yeah. And, you know, uh, I, I there's a part of me that will always, uh, you know, wish that I had been on board watching these uh, weekly. So having that cliffhanger at the end of a season going, like, oh, they got Sidious to deal with and Dooku and Grievous. And now they got Maul and Savage running around. Oh, man.
1: Yeah, that's a great point to being a, a kind of cliffhanger for the end of a season. Works well absolutely
5: is there anything that we haven't talked about that you wanted to touch on
1: i just mentioned it again and, and we talked about a lot in the venture stuff uh highlighting just how wonderful katie lucas is a star wars writer and coming in and and uh you know she's uh, moved on from star wars left early on left social media early on um seeing what happened uh, to, to her father and we can go to that uh, jennifer landa has a great episode happy beeps uh, we can highlight, it, highlight it again and um, it just, you know, I, I if she never touches uh, uh, foot in Star Wars land again, I would completely understand. But if there's ever a chance to have um, uh, Katie Lucas, I think now uh, Katie Rose um, getting back into Star Wars, man, I'd be so excited. I, she's just so good. And so it was so young at the time, such just kind of <laughs> like, hey, imagine George goes, hey, my daughter's going to wants to write like, of course she does. But she comes in, man, she delivers time and time again and puts so much of herself into the character of Ventress, but so much of herself into this. She's uh, you talk about a Star Wars horror film. I want it from her. I want it. <laughs> uh, I'm just a fan of, of her work. Yeah, she does just an amazing job uh, with uh,
5: every bit of Star Wars that uh, she has written in and, and really, really made Asajj Ventress into such a fully fleshed out character and a character that every time I watch Asajj Ventress episodes more, I just want to watch more Asajj Ventress because she has turned mm-hmm. into such a compelling character, uh, largely by uh, uh, everything that Katie Luke has added to her. Absolutely. Um, the only other thing for me, uh, not as big a deal, is uh, compliments to a great author, uh, but the turtle tanker, I really love the way it lands and the little legs got to work to catch up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's the best. <laughs> uh, designed after Feloni's pet turtle, apparently, and uh, uh, I didn't pick up on that right away, and there's a one shot of it landing, and it's kind of a silhouette against the backdrop, and I was like, that looks like a turtle. Oh, I see what they did.
5: <laughs> yeah it's very cool it's one of my favorite things about clone wars of late it's just like we are always going to watch ships take all the way off yes. and they are going to land all the way too it's just there's just real love of the ships taking off and landing
1: little legs got their little turtle legs
5: yeah and it's like whoa well, that's too fast we gotta we gotta run our little legs to catch up with this big ship landing yeah, Love that. yeah it's so weird and i love it we always like to wrap up with the fun question of if we could have any sort of figure or any sort of merch or toy from this episode. Who or what do we want, Ken? Where do you go
1: with this? I mean, I need a plush Morley, you know, just a <laughs> kind of a to scale Morley. I could wrap around and just kind of – it has a little – Button you can press and, 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 the, and Ven Diskin's voice pops out. That'd be great. I, I've now fully come around on Morley. You know, I own a puffer pig, and after my years of campaigning against puffer pig, I have that puffer pig <laughs> toy. So after years ago questioning the existence of Morley, I'd now like a Morley plush.
5: Uh, yeah, I can't, uh, I can't disagree with a, a Morley plush. Uh, that would be great. If it's a talking one, you squeezed it. <laughs> 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 I right, have breathers. They'll get you. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, for for my action figure, for my beloved uh, three and three quarter, uh, it it has happened in so many episodes of season four. But I really need a rough day Kenobi with that lock of hair out of place.
1: (laughs) Oh, such a great pull on that lock of hair. I love that lock (laughs) of hair. It so looks like he's just been in a 1950s movie and been roughed up by street (laughs) toughs.
5: And it falls out of place so many times this season because Kenobi has so many (laughs) rough days. Uh, yeah. And then spider leg mall. So, uh, I have a, an action figure of, uh, of mall from this arc with the, the, the big legs, the mm. two big legs that, uh, mother Charles gives him, but the, to, to my searches, there is not an official spider leg mall, mm. uh, kind of realistic figure. So mm. I'd love the spider leg mall, uh, deluxe figure, but what I'd really like can is, is cruel to maul. Uh, But I would like a trash can or recycling can that has Spider-Leg Maul on the lid. Mm. And every time you open it to throw something away, it says Kenobi. (laughs) That's (laughs) cruel. You're sassy like Kenobi. Sassy like Kenobi. I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, Well, that is our look at this arc of The Clone Wars. That's it for Season 4 of Clone Wars. We also always like to talk about what is next. Uh, We are going to take a break for Book of Boba Fett because... Really watching these episodes and, and really breaking them down is a, a lot of work, so it's hard to keep up with Clone Wars Report when we're doing that every week for a new show. We're so excited uh, for Book of Boba Fett. Uh, we are recording this on Tuesday, and we're going to be watching Book of Boba Fett at midnight. By the time this comes out, we're going to be so excited to have seen some Book of Boba Fett. When we get started back up with Clone Wars Report, we'll be launching into Season 5, and we start uh, going in chronological order. We skip that first episode. Mm -hmm. So we'll be talking about season five, episode two through five, which is the on-drawn arc Mm -hmm. where we meet Saw Guerrera. We are, of course, excited about that. Mm -hmm. Ken, what should the moral of this episode of our podcast be?
1: When you're finding that your podcast is breaking apart technically, do not give in to rage. Push forward (laughs) and heal yourself through compassion for the technology.
5: (laughs) Have compassion for the broken Internet (laughs) spider legs that have... Hopefully, hopefully you won't be able to detect it, listener. But we've been plagued. We've been plagued this episode. Yeah, so
1: we, we love using Zencaster. Not a sponsor, but we recommend it. But uh, man, today we're having some problems, but we're here like mall. We're going to survive, but in a more peaceful way. Exactly. Every once in a while, I think uh, my internet connection is just like, why?
5: <laughs> why? I don't feel like it right now. Okay, I'm back. All right, all right. I'm. I apologize for my tantrum. I'm back. Anyway, this has been so much fun to discuss all the season four, all the Clone Wars, and this particular arc. Uh, but for now, Ken, do you want to let people know where they can find us?
1: Absolutely. We are on Twitter at Force Center Pod. We're on Instagram and YouTube as well. On YouTube now, we uh, release audio versions of our episodes. If you like listening to podcasts that way, you can also find us on Facebook at Force Center Podcast. We're on tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center if you want to get some merch. If you want an audio book. go to audibletrial.com slash 4Center, get an audiobook on us. And uh, don't forget, you can support us directly if you want at patreon.com slash 4 We are now on Acast, which uh, means we're all in the normal spots, the Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all that. But new spots coming soon, including uh, SoundCloud. Stay tuned for that. We'll confirm when we uh, are added to that. Uh, we also have a special show going right now called Databank Dive. It's on the companion app. Uh, You can find information when we tweet out promotion of the show. You can uh, uh, find the links to uh, sign up and try out the companion and listen to our show, Databank Dive. You can follow me at cadnapsock or go to my website, CatNapsock.com. Joseph, where can they go for you? Yeah, you can
5: find me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can also check out my website, josephscrimshaw.com, for all of my other comedy adventures. But for now, for myself, for Morley and his leftovers, and for Ken, this has been Force Center.